The morning after, the movies. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Ah! Uncensored, spoiler-filled movie reviews and fun only available at xrock.com. My mom says to kick you in the back of the head. Movie time. Hey, buddy, ever heard of a lie? Hey, have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and being until you... Pissed! Blood! Starts now. I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. It is morning after the movies podcast number 15 of season number two. We are live out here at Wingnuts in Nampa, the proud sponsor of our podcast. We're back after three weeks off. Lots of crap going on between Comic-Con and everything else. But it is time we partook in a Charlize Theron movie called Atomic Blonde. We'll go around the table and get our initial thoughts on things before we get into spoiler territory. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, you're on the fence. This would be the time to listen to the podcast so you can find out everything we can tell you spoiler-free. We start with Radio's Big J. Your thoughts on Atomic Blonde? Uh, Yeah, so, you know, uh, going into the movie, uh, I think we're all under assumptions that, um, you know, it was was a female John Wick is the way it was sold uh, in in some of the trailers and whatnot. And uh, this movie was completely different from what I thought it was going to be. It turned into more of an espionage movie, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into and do the spoilers. Uh, but I was so pleasantly surprised that in the uh, the soundtrack to this movie uh, is like uh, every pop hit of the of the late 80s is just so prevalent. So uh, they must have spent a small fortune on the uh, on the licensing for the soundtrack in this movie. But um, I go first impressions. I think that uh, yeah, I thought it was a really fun uh, and, and cool movie, and I, I really dig this director who uh, did John Wick as well, so uh, I liked it. I thought it, was, I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, it, it kind of, I don't know, it's got, it slows, the pace is up and down in it for sure uh, with some of the action sequences, but I, I kind of dug it. It had a, it had a vibe uh, to it uh, that um, it was reminiscent of some of the movies that we got during the late 80s uh, with the whole Cold War, so I, I thought it was spot on as far as the setting was concerned. All right, uh, Randy, your thoughts on Atomic Blonde? Yeah, to piggyback on that, the vibe uh, was really cool. That was my favorite part, and I didn't know much about this going into it, so I didn't have a whole lot of expectations, but uh, I was pretty excited towards the beginning, the way it opened up. I was like, this is going to be a pretty cool movie, and then I kind of tapered off throughout and then came back up again at the end because it had a really cool ending and some plot twists there at the end of it, but uh, the vibe was good. The music was great, like you said. That was exciting, and just the vibe that they, they picked up uh, for the late 80s was kind of cool. Uh, and then on my side of things, <laughs> I'm completely the opposite of both of you. I, I went in so excited to see this movie, I couldn't even complete my, my sentences trying to figure it out. And I absolutely hated it. I mean, I just I thought it was boring. I thought that it was incredibly predictable. Uh, I thought that also, uh, it, to point out the soundtrack thing, that's almost what annoyed me the most. It was like Suicide Squad, but 80s. I mean, it takes place in 1989, and every single one of these songs, none of them happened in 1989. It's just like they just cherry-picked songs from the 80s that they thought you would know, much like Suicide Squad did with songs that were featured in every action movie ever, and then plopped it in just because, uh, you know, it takes place in the 80s. Uh, You should, you know, understand it. And so uh, I, I just, I really, really wanted to like this movie and I walked away bored and uh, not entertained by it at all and thought it was very cliche and how many times do we need to see a movie that involves a list of every agent that's in the the agency uh, as the plot for the movie. It just felt so watered down and done before to me that I was really disappointed and I didn't want to be. That being said, 
I thought Charlize Theron and James McAvoy all did a fantastic job in the movie. I just thought the movie was trite, and and there wasn't. I I I, I remembered it. There was only one scene that involved action in that movie that was not prominently featured in the trailers of the movie that we saw. The movie, the trailers that we saw a billion times leading up to this movie. So that's why I probably was not as impressed with it as I maybe would have been had I not known anything going in. It's because I saw every cool part of her kicking ass already in the trailers leading up to the movie. So I was like, all right, show me something I haven't seen. And it never came. It never came. So I, I was really, really disappointed in it. But uh, that's my initial thoughts on it. Now, box office-wise, the movie did okay. Uh, you know, it ended up making about $18 million, number four. Uh, Dunkirk was number one with 25, Emoji Movie number two, and then uh, Girls Trip came in at number three. So this one landed at number four, but not bad for an R-rated action movie. You know, uh, you know can it turn into a franchise? I guess it kind of depends how it does other places. It almost seemed like she didn't want to... Like, they wanted to be a finite end. They are going to have to drag her back in, a la John Wick, if we're going to get any future Atomic Blonde movies. But I just hope that they can go someplace else with this character just because it was a little bit uh, off-center for me anyway. Yeah, I knew you would hate it uh, because it was awesome. I was like, <laughs> I, I, we sat down and I'm like, you know, he's going to hate this movie. Oh, I just man, know really? that he is. And uh, and I was the, I, like I said, I'm the totally exact opposite. Like, all those points counter to yours. Uh, I thought that the plot in the in the stuff was cool. It was the typical uh, '80s uh, kind of Cold War uh, canon that you're going to get because you know if there's not a list, what is there? There isn't anything. I know, but it's not the '80s, man. It's 2017. We've seen this movie 55 yeah, but times this already. Said, I don't care. It's better than all the other ones. That's for sure. I mean, I, I, this is one of the better espionage movies I've seen in a really, really long time. I can't even. I, I, I don't I can't even tell you the last time I saw a movie that was of this nature that I, I enjoyed because the uh, born identity just, all of the movies are just like this trying to nah, figure out where, where things came from secrets that need to be untold that, it's every born movie it's not even close to a born movie I, I just watched the last born movie hated everything about it this is completely different it's got style it's got flash and and I thought that it was super cool and, you know uh, the difference between the Suicide Squad soundtrack and this this is the real songs, not some modern band covering them to no, make them I mean, sound cool. Listen, so, ACDC was in Suicide Squad, the movie. I'm not talking about, about the soundtrack. One, about one. I'm the rest of them were all the that actual way. movie. And uh, and it was you know all that stuff was it was in there and it just it was just weird to me. It was like they were forcing the shot. I'm sorry. I wanted to like it. I did. I, I don't really know. I, did. I, I think the transitions too with the music from one place to another was awesome. Those were really good. I mean, that was really cool from somebody's, like, you've got the sequence happening, and then it transforms to, like, a headphone thing that was where, I mean, I thought that was, like, uh, you know, awareness of what's going on in the scene, and it just kind of tied it together, kind of like the 13th Warrior, you know, when he learns how to speak the language, <laughs> yeah, and okay. it just kind of transitions that way. But that's an awesome, it. amazing scene. This is just transitioning from a soundtrack to a movie to somebody wearing headphones, and it's sounding like it's in their one headphones. example. It happened multiple times. I thought it was an amazing style. Oh, man. I mean, listen, I got no problem with the way the movie looked and the style of it. I thought, again, it was very neat, but it's just, it was... It was not what I was expecting. I wanted it to be a really cool, kick-ass kind of movie. And again, maybe it was because I figured things out, the twist relatively early on, and I knew everything was going to happen this way. But that's just kind of my thoughts on the movie in particular. But yeah, See, I thought halfway through that you two were going to love it, and I was going to hate it. 
I'd be the odd man out, but it seems like you're the one that hates it. So yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I wanted to like it, but I just every time some action piece happened in that movie, I was like, I've seen it already, man. This is a scene I've seen already. The only part that I did, I don't want to get into spoilers, and I don't want to do that just yet. But listen, if you think the movie looks good from the trailers, go check it out. You may like it, or you may be like me, and I thought the movie looked really cool from the trailers too, and I didn't like it. I mean, if I if I want to see Charlize naked in a really cool movie, I'll go watch Two Days in the Valley again. Because uh, that's about the only you know point of the thing that maybe people didn't know. Is there a lot of nudity in the movie? I was waiting for Randy to bring that up. So no, no, that could know, be why he likes this movie. Normally, he would hate something as complicated <laughs> as this. And then I started thinking maybe it's just the chick who plays the mummy and everything she's in. I just don't. She like. is terrible. <laughs> she really is. That's oh, she is the mummy, huh? Yeah. yeah and yeah. I was like, maybe I just don't like anything that she's in, and it's not you know. But uh, yeah, she didn't bring anything to the movie at all. I don't know what the whole point of that yeah, whole thing was. Flat. I think she's flat as an actress. Uh, yeah, could yeah. she could be very one note, and there's a reason why she probably didn't talk very much in the mummy. But yeah. So uh, we'll get into spoiler territory again. We're out here at Wingnuts, at 1228 North Gallery Drive here in Nampas, where you can go. It's right across the street from the theater in which we check out our movies on the weekend, and we certainly recommend that you come on in here, try their food. It is fantastic. Uh, but what we didn't do is do the rating side of things. So we should go through and get these sauce-style ratings, Wingnuts style, of what we thought of uh, Atomic Blonde so people could know how good or how bad we think it really was. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Atomic Hot. And you can choke on it <laughs> as it's going down. You cause your system to fail for the next two days. So I'm, I'm with you on parts of this, and I'm with you on parts of this, because there was probably 20, 30 minutes that I, I enjoyed, which, like I said, was the beginning and the end. The, so that leaves middle, an hour and ten minutes. It fell really flat for me in the middle, yeah. So I'm going to go medium, like a lower end, like tingles your mouth a little bit, but then fades off pretty fast. And, you know, by, f- by no means is this the worst movie we've seen during the course of this podcast. It's not even the second worst movie we've seen. I would get out a garrot wire on you. <laughs> because there is, there is some really great choreographed fighting scenes that you can check out in the trailer. There are some really great acting stuff done. I really think, uh, quite frankly, to be honest, James McAvoy is one of the most underrated actors that are out there today. If you haven't seen Split, you should check it out because he's absolutely amazing in it. Uh, he's great in all the X-Men movies. He was great in, in uh, Wanted, and he's great in this, too. He just does a great job. So, I mean, there's some redeeming qualities to this movie. Not enough for me to put it in medium territory. I mean, I put it on the I guess the, the nicer side of mild. Because, again, there's a lot worse movies out there, I'm sure. Uh, but it just was it just rang flat to me, and I was really disappointed in it, that's all. So, I'm going on the mild side of things for uh, Atomic Blonde, the movie. But that's me. So, we're kind of running, for the first time ever, we're yeah, going yeah. all over the place in this particular podcast. Big J yeah, I wish he would it. make up his mind. At first, he's like, I like it a lot, and now it's like medium. No, I said I like the beginning and the end. My goal here is to, when I have all my points in the movie that I didn't like, I talk Randy into hating the movie by the time this podcast. (laughs) Well, that's easy to do. The points that I liked was the fighting was amazing. I liked everything about the fighting scenes, and I really liked the music like you did. Um... So the music's great. I don't want to. I want to say that I hate eighty songs because I absolutely love eighty songs. I love under you pressure. You hate Wham. You killed them uh, off. Was, I don't think oh, that's true. Uh, but I did. You know, George Michael's featured in there. Dep- pretty much any synth Brit pop uh, song is featured in this soundtrack that you're familiar with. A lot of Depeche Mode, OMDs in there. Uh, you know, I, you, you could pretty much name every song just off the top of your head when you hear it pop up. Uh, so it's great music. I just thought it was like, all right, I get it. It's and a some super of them cut. were in German too, see, which is kind of cool. See, I thought it was perfect for this time and era of the movie setting and just kind of was it was to me a character in the movie just like uh, James Gunn would do it 
or a lot of other people, and I thought it fit perfectly. So I just, that's one of the reasons why I love the movie. Yeah, I just thought that if, if, if all the songs took place in the year of the movie, right around that time, I would totally get it, because it is a wow. very important transition in American history. The, the tearing down of the Berlin Wall is a big deal. So if all the songs were from 1989 and that period, then you'd get me. But they're from 81 and 83 yeah, I don't, I don't care. and 87. It meshed perfectly. And... <laughs> I just, I just thought it was. I just thought they were like, "Hey, let's throw as many '80s songs in here, just so people know it's the '80s again." Uh, but I just thought they forced the shot. So let's get into spoiler territory now for Atomic Blonde. The things that we really liked, the things we didn't really like, and the questions that we have about the movie. Big J, lead us ahead in spoilers. Um, you know what? It's tough to to give. I mean, the whole movie's a spoiler just because you know there's so many twists and turns. By the end, like a good espionage movie should be, you don't know what the hell is going on, up or down. And yeah, I didn't agree with it being as predictable, but then I wasn't as bored with it with, as you were. So you had nothing to do but think about what the plot was and who was uh, the bad guy in the end. So uh, I was just going along for the ride on that. And um, I thought that uh, David uh, Leaked, who is the director here, does the John Wick movies. Um, I thought that he has a really good he has a really good eye for stunts, and I'm not talking about the the fight sequences, the, just some of the stunts, like some of the uh, car, uh, you know, some of the the chase scenes, and some of those uh, different aspects are are really really amazing. So uh, you know, it's one of those things where I caught myself uh, watching it and going, "Oh man, I can't believe that just happened." Um, and there were a couple of those moments here in the movie. As far as spoilers alert. Uh, I mean, there was a lot more of Charlize Naked than I thought we were ever going to see ever again. <laughs> and that was never mentioned in any of the press or anything. <laughs> People try to raise the bar. We uh, are not going to go above that bar. Yeah, well, I mean, and she hasn't really changed in two days in the Valley no, either. So great. good she for her. Great. Good for her. Uh, I, I would say that uh, James McAvoy, like you said, was, was great. And some of the other characters... That uh, played a role here, uh, whether they were, you know, on the on the, uh, the east side or the west side, uh, did did a fantastic job. And some of the, the, you know, there was more violence, I think, in your face, w- without necessarily all the blood and gore. It just kind of was seemed uh, to be a little more like that scene with uh, Spyglass when he's drowning. I mean, that was freaking awful, right? Yeah, the fight, the scenes were terrifying. Some of that stuff because it was so realistic. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah, I mean, you're watching people get the living piss beat out of them. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I thought they did a really good job with makeup and the fact that, you know, uh, the uh, the one of the things sometimes movies like this can can make wounds magically disappear in a couple of days, and they didn't they didn't do that here. You know, Charlize had some lasting uh, some lasting gifts from her fights over the course of the movie. So, which is I, something you never see. That's what really, I'm saying. yeah, I mean, you yeah. got to you got to give them credit for that. I think they they really went went uh, the extra mile with detail on some of those fight scenes and made them look really really good. And and the after effects were really good as well. Anything else, Randy, that you had issues with the movie? No, I won't comment on Charlize at all. We'll just go ahead and bypass that oh, for this man. podcast. He's learned his lesson. Yeah, He's I, I know. Read the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, the vibe was great. The action was great. The music was great. I just the plot. I didn't really care for it till the end when all the twists and turns really, really came. But throughout the rest, well, of it, you're I felt a communist. How's that? Come on, man. No. Uh, okay, then I'll get into it. Uh, and uh, listen, we're in the spoiler territory, so if you don't want to see it, you don't want to see it. But Charlize Theron, I think we can all agree, ends up being a double agent for the CIA in the uh, in the actual movie. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you when I figured it out. I, I figured I, I had my suspicions when she was first watching walking down the street with James McAvoy, and they each quoted to deceive the deceiver kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's it. They're gonna make it look like he's the bad guy, but she really is not that she is the bad guy, but uh, that she's really the person that they're looking. For and it turns out that that's the case. Uh, and then when she actually met with John Goodman, 
uh, it, to kind of give her the pep talk out of nowhere, I was like, okay, th- this is this is my connection to the fact that uh, this is happening. So that's how I figured it out. But the one, the, the couple questions that I, that I wanted to bring up, and a couple things that I had some some issue with, uh, was number one, uh, you know. Why did she kill James McAvoy at the end? He wasn't the double agent. He didn't, he, I mean, he had the stuff. That's the list. I guess that's particularly why. Did she want to keep it out of MI6's hands? That's the only thing that I really had a question with. She wanted to give it to the CIA and not MI6, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that too. And she really was attached to, to that, what, that lady character. Yeah, yeah. The, the I think that, that was emotional. You know, she, you see her emotional. You see her uh, reveal truth to her. So she was, you know, emotionally connected. It just, it didn't... Um, you know, it, it didn't come across, I think, as, as much because of the, all the spy game stuff in it, um, that, uh, that she was really emotionally attached to her. I mean, her first thing when he ha- they have that confrontation at the end is, you didn't have to kill her. Yeah. And right. so I think that was his uh, nail in the coffin. Yeah. Yeah. But he, you know, he obviously wasn't exactly the best of guys either. It seems like everybody was working at an angle in this particular movie. But also, uh, some of the things I took exception to was uh, the one fight that they didn't show in the trailer hated the way it turned out because it was the cor- close quarters uh, second fight with a guy she stuck a key in the face of. Yeah. And she corkscrewed him in the throat to end the fight. And then two minutes later, he's chasing her down and jumping on top of the car. I didn't like that at all because no. that was really stupid. And then the other thing that bothered me about that, despite the fact that the car chase scene was really, really cool, you remember uh, the car that was chasing them and then she shot him and then he flipped over in the middle of the street, right? Remember that? She shoots yeah. the driver, he flips over in the middle of the street, and then two seconds later, she's on the same road and she stops, and then she has to back up and go the other yeah. way, and the car that she just flipped is absolutely nowhere to be found that was in the middle of the road when the scene ended two seconds ago. I was like, oh, God. That's continuity stuff that drives me kind of crazy. I mean, at least show the wreckage and them driving around it, not pretend like it never happened just two seconds ago. Uh, but other than that, I mean, listen, uh, if you want to check out Atomic Blonde, Knock yourself out. What the hell do I care? It's your money. Yeah, I'll say this. If you don't watch this movie, you're a commie. And if uh, if you get stabbed in the shoulder with a knife and can't get it out, Big J will laugh at you until that, the that end. That was <laughs> effing hilarious. Just it was meant to be a moment of levity and for people to laugh and all these stiffs in the damn theater. <laughs> <laughs> he did laugh at a lot of things. That was the other thing. I didn't think there was a whole lot of humor in this movie well, at if all. I'm laughing, there's humor. Well, no, a guy getting a knife out of his back. I don't, I'm not sure it's supposed to be funny. That was pretty funny. But James McAvoy did a good job. <laughs> uh, but again, and then when he wrapped himself up, the wound that clearly would have been uh, much, much bigger the way he was oh, yanking yeah. on that knife was about the size of a, of a penny. Uh, but either way, uh, Atomic Blonde, we, we uh, run the gamut here from not liking it to kind of liking it to absolutely loving it. Uh, and that is the theme of today's Atomic Blonde podcast, I suppose. So uh, any parting thoughts about the movie before we wrap it up? Uh, no, can't wait to buy the soundtrack. <laughs> uh, a lot good. of David Bowie, man. There's a lot of good stuff in there. You're going to get the German version? or All of them. Okay. There are only two German songs in it. They did the a way, German version of Major Tom and then 99 Loof Balloons, which is already By the German. way, Tyler Bates, also the composer for the original score on it, which was really good, too. So Makes sense. He's a part of uh, some pretty cool projects, and that makes sense also why Marilyn Manson pops up in the movie, too. Uh, Tyler Bates' connection makes total sense. Wait, uh, yeah. Where did he pop up in the movie? Uh, it was, well, in one of the scenes where Charlize Theron was wearing lingerie. He was playing in the background. Yeah, oh, the, oh the, his music. I thought yes. he was acting. No, 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 not, guess, the, not the person. Okay. His music was, was one of the songs he, he makes is in it. Uh, does anybody know what's next on the list, what comes out next week? We haven't done this in a while, so I can't even think of off the top um, of my head what it is. I think it might be a slow week. Planet right? of right. the Apes. Big J really loves that. I want to go see Dunkirk. Yeah, that's, you're the, that's the, that was the last vote, by the way. There was like one vote for Planet <laughs> of the Apes. <laughs> really? Maybe huh. two. 
Nobody voted yeah, Dunkirk. for Dunkirk. Can we not see the emoji movie? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah you're okay. Right, you're okay with but it. But Dunkirk, yeah, seems like it would be a good. Uh, the wife, your wife, went to see it. She right? loved it. Yeah. yeah, she thought it was amazing. She thought it was amazing. So yeah, uh, there's morning after the movies podcast uh, episode number fifteen of season number two. Thank you again to Wingnuts for being the place at which we record it. Uh, go check them out if you're going to the movies around these parts of the world. Nicely done, Jay. Yep. Twelve twenty eight North Gallery Drive is the address. Come on down and try their wings. We highly recommend them, man. We will see you next week on the morning after the movies podcast. Thanks for going xrock.com.